Hello, hello! My name is Jordan Pruitt and I am your host. And unfortunately, Incha could not make it today, but of course, we are missing her dearly. As always, she is currently traveling and I believe she is in London right now, so absolutely. Uh, wishing her the best absolutely sending positive vibes and I'm sure she's having a lovely lovely time so just me today but you know let's enjoy this episode of me basically complaining a lot about school and how inherently damaging it to be, can be to our mental health which let me tell you this has been such a pressing topic in my mind since about middle school since you know my mental health issues started appearing in middle school all the way up to high school and will probably keep on appearing in college but we're not going to worry about college we're focusing mainly on high school today so let's talk a little bit about specifically what I'll be talking about or more likely ranting about at times I apologize in advance but you know sometimes you just gotta rant a bit so we'll firstly be talking about the expectation that everyone is the same slash putting people in a box and how that idea is inherently damaging and then we'll move on and talk about the prioritization the prioritization wait how do you say that word prioritization something like that of test assignments and grades instead of mental health And lastly, we'll be talking about the improper procedures for mental health related issues and or breakdowns that schools usually have. And basically talking about the misinformation about mental health that is spread in the school or even just the lack of mental health resources in general that occurs within school. But of course, we'll get a bit more into that later. I just want to say from my experience that mental health within schools has not been the best. I have moved many, many times in my life, probably about 17 times, um, 16 or 17 times I've moved and that's basically probably once a year, once every two years, etc. Just many, many times and so I've seen a lot of Uh, mental health related issues within the school system in general across the whole United States. Which brings me to my disclaimer. All the research used in this episode is United States statistics. So just keep that in mind. It might be higher, it might be lower, it might be the same wherever you're from, wherever you're listening to this. And you know, United States is not the center of the world. So I just wanna (laughs) throw that out there. Your experiences could be different than ours. But before we get really, really started, I want to do a little introduction to the episode with a rose thorn bud. And for those of you who don't know, who don't listen to this podcast often, our rose thorn bud segment is basically discussing um, your rose, which is a highlight, success, small win, or something positive that happened today or within the last week. And the thorn is a challenge you experienced or something you could use more support with. And a bud is a new ideas that have blossomed or something that you're looking forward to knowing more about or experiencing. And we love to just have this little segment here to get to know our host which in this case me and our other hosts or potential guests that we have on the podcast so i'm gonna go ahead and talk about my rose thorn bud and feel free to do your own little rose thorn bud just to do a mental health check-in with yourself you know we love that um so my rose has definitely been 
being able to manage my time wisely. I feel like I have discussed this in previous episodes, but I feel like I had a hard time struggling or I had a hard time um, managing my schedule with schoolwork and actual work and then um, managing the podcast all at one time. But I feel like I've been getting really, really good at managing my time wisely and still leaving that time for myself to have a good break and just to rest my mind. Um, Yeah, so I'm really, really happy about that as well as seeing my grades improve as I have been able to manage my schedule more uh, efficiently. So yeah, I'm really happy about that. And a thorn, um, I could say a challenge that I have had within the past week would probably be a lot, a lot of self-doubt. I feel like I've been more anxious and feel like I've been doubting myself more and my capabilities. And it's important to remind myself sometimes that, hey, you know, I don't have to be a perfect human. I make mistakes. I will get through each day. And even if I'm having a hard time, it doesn't mean I can put myself down. It doesn't mean that I should um, be my worst critic. Just cut myself some slack and give myself a break. But that has been a thorn of mine this past week. Of course, trying to improve it and trying to enjoy the moment as we all trying to do. Um, And then a bud. As far as a bud goes, I could probably say that some new ideas that I've been having is just how to um, improve creatively. It's been a long, long time since I have drawn and recently I started drawing again, which is very, very refreshing. It's very relaxing. I love drawing and I have such a passion for art. And you know, my skills are a little, little rusty because it's been so long. So I'm really just trying to um, continue to improve my art style and continue to uh, draw and just fully indulge myself in my art and my passion. And just going outside the box, staying within the side of the inside of the box, doing whatever it takes so I can become a better artist. So yeah, I'd say that's one of my buds. With that being said, we can swiftly move into the episode topic one. Everybody is the same, or so we think within the school system in general. The expectation that everyone is the same or basically putting people into boxes is a very inherently damaging idea. And let's just establish a baseline on this. We are running by such an old and archaic school system. And if you don't know, the school system or education system curriculum and things that exist within our schools today basically um, was created in 16. 35 and I believe the last time it was absolutely uh, organized and updated and just revised in general was in the 1700s so as you can see we are still running by such an older system that isn't modernized at all and doesn't even account for modern issues and as I love to say modern issues require modern solutions and if we're putting ourselves in the same box as the minds that existed hundreds of years ago it's obviously not going to be the same it's not going to be productive and it's not going to replicate how actual society is how 
society has grown and modernized and adjusted to these new bright minds who are definitely not the same um, or do not have the same mindset of those hundreds of years ago, which is why I don't understand why we are not actively trying to modernize the system that we have to try to help our current students help students grow and evolve since teenage years it's such a vulnerable time that we need to help our students grow in a more modern way and especially want I especially want to mention that there are schools out there that have been more modernized and which I am thankful for but that's mainly in big big cities big populated areas such as California I believe California actually has like new schools with newer curriculums that are like based around virtual reality and that's like it's so cool first of all and second of all you're allowing students to get more engaged with new technologies and making students be excited to learn and that being said that should spread throughout the whole united states because especially with these sort of higher mental health struggles within teenagers or the higher stress levels levels that teenagers face due to harder curriculums um and just more work in general because of modern society and how much we have progressed we should first of all reinvent the school system as a whole and try to make it more modernized in general and i feel like that would again just allow students to be excited to learn and not have it be so draining on their mental health since we're existing in the current system that has been such an overused I should say an old 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 system which I really do not know why we're abiding by these um, rules well I would I, I shouldn't say we don't know why we're abiding by these rules because you know it's important to abide by rules but I don't know why we're still going off of old systems and old ideals that probably do not apply as much today as we have progressed so much more in society and second of all that being said if we want to modernize the current system we also have to address the problem with learning styles and how everybody learns differently and copes with things differently um, and the reason why i bring that up is because all of our life we have been taught to read a textbook and regurgitate that information onto a test onto a paper test and then continue on we read textbooks, we listen to the teacher talk about the things in the textbook, we regurgitate that information on pencil and paper, and we are just expected to continue on and expected to understand when, again, everybody learns differently. I myself am a very visual slash auditorial learner, so when I'm faced with a textbook and expected to know the information, I'm like, what is happening here? I can't, I don't, my brain does not work this way. <laughs> um, and I feel like if we learn to adjust and be more flexible and pro provide more accommodations for students who don't learn the same way or don't have the same capabilities as other students, it would definitely help um, our mental health, first of all, and 
help us become less stressed and become more excited to learn because I don't know I love learning and I would love more people to be excited about learning but sometimes when I just come to school read a book listen to the teacher talk and try to remember the information just to regurgitate it and forget it it's kind of taking the fun out of education um, and I don't mean to sound like a nerd but I am kind of a nerd out here <laughs> but, again just becoming more flexible and accommodating to students instead of just abiding by this old system of just reading and regurgitating then it would definitely help our mental health and help become less stressed and manage our time more wisely which again well i would shouldn't say against schools should definitely be able to provide students with mental health tips as well as of how to manage your stress and how to manage your time and do all these things but you know we'll talk about that in a later later segment <laughs> um, and you know by providing certain flexibility such as flexible deadlines or allowing more breaks or allowing um, more mental health breaks specifically and asking students for their needs it really does improve mental health as a whole because all kids are unique with differing needs and coping mechanisms the mental health interventions interventions that are chosen need to be based on the individual needs of each child and be able to flex in order to provide more or less support as needed especially again with those rising mental health statistics within teenagers and children even you should definitely be able to adjust and make sure everybody is learning comprehensively and having a good time while doing it and not really abiding by an old system, an old and broke system, I should say. Because <laughs> I know people say, if it ain't broke, then don't fix it. No, that system is broken. <laughs> we need to fix it. <laughs> And to my next point, I do want to say I do despise the sort of path that we have crafted for students, the sort of three options of college, military, or if you don't even go to the college or military, you're bound to struggle, which is absolutely not true. There are so many alternatives to college. There are so many alternatives to military, and that just puts <clears throat> a lot of pressure and stress on students. Because if somebody doesn't really want to go to college or if somebody doesn't really want to go to the military, they're just stuck in this sort of path that we have crafted that definitely eliminates individuality and uniqueness as a whole. I know that myself, I do want to go to college, but uh, knowing that as an artist, if I don't have that sort of education in my background, then I'm not going to get more jobs or even not even as an artist, for anybody in general, the sort of pressure we get when faced with life after college and or life after high school, I should say, is very scary. Our reality is if you don't have an education, then you're not going to get certain job opportunities and that should not be the case. And especially the fear of military, I'm anti-military, but to respect to those who do um, like the idea of being in the military. It's a very scary process, especially since the military is such a big thing for the United States. Um, if you don't want to go to the military and aren't passionate about that, it can feel very suffocating. And I know from 
personal experience, well not, I've never been in the military, let's get that straight, but I have had brothers who have been in the military who hated every second of it but were forced into that system. And that could be the same for college as well, really just trying to promote the certain alternate alternatives outside of the college and military can help decrease that sort of pressure in students that we have um, put on students. Did I say that correctly? <laughs> it can definitely decrease pressure and stress that we put on our students today and it can definitely sort of eliminate the box that we put people in um, because everybody is different, everybody's unique, everybody has different passions and goals and it shouldn't be completely sus uh, subjected to the idea of college or military. Because trade school, I didn't even know about trade school until my junior year of high school and that's insane. Like, you can go t for a couple months and a or a year and get a really good education and get more job opportunities just by going to trade school and I don't know the certain details of it so I might got, have got a little bit of that wrong but just knowing that there are alternatives out there even starting your own business for example and providing information to our students about how to achieve those alternatives can definitely help again decrease the pressure and eliminate um, the sort of computerized system for students or not computerized system but more like seeing students as computers seeing students as the same as everybody else eliminating that would be the best for our mental health in general but that being said besides outside of college or why do I keep saying outside of college like I'm in college outside of high school it's probably because it's that time of the year where we're all filling out college college applications um, seniors out there and just worrying about college <laughs> that's probably why college is on my mind so much for this episode but I'm definitely talking about after high school gotta clarify that after uh, every time um, just talking more about um, currently while we're in school what sort of issues that do we have within our education system so, and that brings me to my next topic which is the prioritization which I don't know how to say that word still but it's okay <laughs> of tests assignments and grades instead of on our students mental health and let me tell you I am so passionate <laughs> about this topic because there have been so many times in my life where I equated my self-worth to the grade average or the grade percentage that I have in each class and if I got a bad grade on something I thought I was just an absolutely absolutely stupid individual like dumb like I can't comprehend anything like I'm such a failure type of feelings when that should never be the case. We should not prioritize grades or GPA or test assignments, anything over our mental health because that's what makes us human. That's literally what helps us function throughout the day. And I've seen so, so many teachers and principals or just people of authority talk about um, or say things like, if you don't have good grades, you're not going to succeed, which 
is such a damaging statement, first of all, because it gives little opportunity to improve grades, first of all, and it gives um, students the opportunity, I shouldn't even say opportunity, but it allows students to think that their self-worth is equating to or equal to um, the grades that they get and that is never okay that's not okay it's such a sucky feeling because what can you really do about it you have to just continue to take these assignments until your grades improve and what if your grades don't improve and then you're just stuck feeling like a failure and that'll cause you to lose motivation and it's just a horrible mindset to have black and white thinking is not healthy we should instead have more of a uh growth mindset and think like we're always improving we're always growing and even if i fail that is okay because i can always get back up again and try more and keep on going to achieve your best self because we all need that space for growth we cannot allow ourselves to think that if we fail we are nothing and that is such a common concept that I've seen within students or just people in general, not even just students, adults even. If you don't have good grades, that does not mean you're a bad student. If you don't have good grades, that does not mean you can't succeed. It means that you can just, you're just str struggling a little bit and that's okay. We all struggle a little bit. And even so, student or schools don't even provide the sort of resources to improve grades a lot. Um, I know that I've seen about two or three schools that I've been to that are just ignorant to providing students with these resources or feel they don't need to, feel that students should figure it out on their own or if or just promoting that, oh yeah, if you're struggling, go to a teacher. And then there's teachers like, why are you not getting this? Why are you stupid? And just putting down students in general. And that's such a common thing. Like, if a student is struggling, don't put them down more. You're just going to make them feel more <laughs> bad. Like, you're just going to make them feel worse. And there aren't a lot of tutoring op opportunities. Tutors are expensive honestly like they'd be charging fifty dollars an hour and i do not have that kind of money so when i see schools not provide tutoring or just not provide resources in general that can additionally help students outside of the classroom it's like you're setting them up for failure like why are you not allowing students to have room for growth and have room to improve but you're also saying if you don't have good grades you're not going to exceed it's never made sense to me and diving a little bit back into the sort of old system we have that system doesn't account for people with learning disabilities and it doesn't account for people with mental health issues which might i add one in five children and youth have a diagnosable emotional behavior or mental health disorder and one in 10 young people have a mental health challenge that is severe enough to impair how they function at home school or in the community and when you don't account for that with um, the system that we have and the sort of prioritization of tests and assignments you're setting students up for failure and again um, more about who it doesn't account for it doesn't really 
account for students that might have different priorities outside of school. I've met many, many students who have to take care of their own household and take up their parents' job that's left before birth or something like that. Um, students with jobs, students who are just not fortunate enough to have the time to go to school, like students with children, you don't know somebody's situation and you can't sort of enforce this system when everybody, again, has their own unique struggles and have their own uh, unique challenges that they go through outside of school. And lastly, the system does not account for, some people are just not good test takers. Some people are just not good concentrators. Some people just struggle with school in general and you have to try to provide these resources for students who are just natural strugglers or again people with learning disabilities or mental health issues or outside uh, challenges that they have to face um, outside of school you have to try to adjust and accommodate for these students because learning is such a valuable thing knowledge is such a valuable thing and the way that the school system is set up, not everybody is going to be able to accommodate their own issues or their own schedules or whatever they have going on to the school system as a whole because it can be challenging. And especially for those who just aren't motivated to learn, you have to find ways to let students be excited to learn. That It all comes back to that. Just being excited to learn, that's such a special, special thing. And if everybody feels like school is pointless, then what are you going to do when it comes to just future careers or future outlooks in life? School is such a huge part of life that we shouldn't just continue to abide by the old system in general and call it a day. <laughs> we should definitely try to create such a safe environment and a interesting environment, engaging environment for those with issues outside of school, mental health issues, physical issues, anybody that does not fit the box that was established in 1635 and the 1700s. And lastly, I do want to go to um, or talk more about punishment instead of improvement. So as I said with the prioritization of tests and grades and assignments, um, it doesn't allow room to grow as a person and improve but another thing that doesn't allow space to improve is punishment. Um, I do not agree with the way that schools punish kids. I feel like the way that they do punish kids with the idea of troubled kids or the idea of the zero tolerance policy is not a healthy method at all. When you label somebody as a troubled kid or somebody who's just a bad student in general, First of all, they're going to feel worse about uh, who they are as a person or they're going to feel outcasted and ostracized and they're going to feel put themselves down for not being like everybody else, not being labeled as a kid that has potential because every student, every kid has potential to be great. And that doesn't even have to be within school. That could be without outside of school with like um, art, for example. And by labeling students as a troubled student and pushing this sort of narrative that all they do is cause trouble, 
it's not going to make the student feel good it's going to make them feel worse even if they ha already had these sort of pre-existing notions of themselves being a horrible kid or a horrible student it's going to make it worse if you continually put them down and sort of dismiss I wouldn't say dismiss their behavior, but villainize them in general. That's the word. That's the term I was looking for. If you villainize kids, they're going to look down on themselves, and that should never be a sort of justifiable outlook for the student or the school. And again, with that sort of zero tolerance policy, it does not allow room for people to make mistakes when mistakes is such a natural thing. Like, I understand if a kid commits a crime that's an awful thing and you shouldn't do that but at the same time depending on the severity of the crime actually um, you should still allow students to grow personally and try to sort of acknowledge their behavior and tell them that it's not good behavior but also show them that they have potential to do better and they have potential to do more with their life do more good and positive instead of saying we're just not going to tolerate that and you're an absolutely troubled kid you're absolutely a horrible student and you should be ashamed of yourself that's not a productive way to look at things for the school or the student and it does not encourage students to do better at all. I don't know whoever came up with like the idea of uh, detention or expulsion or uh, suspension of uh, um, whatever their attendance suspension of well don't worry about it. Um, whoever came up with that idea was absolutely just ignorant because it does not encourage students to do better. It does not encourage students to try to improve themselves and improve their sort of outlook on life and school in general. It just makes them feel worse or if anything and encourages them to do more bad behavior which again is not productive at all. But I digress. I could literally rant on about that all day every day like if you're going to punish kids that's not going to make them feel like they are capable of doing new and good and positive things in this world. But, you know, if I was a principal, I would absolutely rock that job. <laughs> or not even a principal or teacher, I would absolutely just make sure people take mental health breaks and not have a stupid zero tolerance policy. If anything, you can have like a three strike policy and then lead to other more harsh punishment i shouldn't say punishment just i don't like the word punishment the idea of punishing people does not sit right with me but yeah and lastly we will move on to topic three which is about the improper procedures for mental health related issues and or breakdowns and again just how wrong they handle mental health issues in general much like they dismiss sort of bad behavior and have this sort of zero tolerance policy which i hate they often dismiss teenage mental health and or even frequently demonize it which i i don't know why 
they demonize it, which, you know, mental health is a essential part that of life that everybody deals with. So why are you demonizing it? But anyways, <laughs> it's often treated as an afterthought when, again, mental health is just a centered part of life in general. And schools often promote a unhealthy or unsafe space to talk about mental health in general. I can definitely say that I've experienced many things, again, just traveling across the United States and moving so frequently and noticing how each school's um, deal with mental health and how they address mental health. Each time it's either just jumping to harsh statistics that scare everybody and into being happy which how do you be happy how do you manage stress how do you manage your negative emotions instead of just throwing harmful statistics at us how do you cope with mental health on a daily basis or just um, demonizing it in general and dismissing students stress because you know if you're young what problems do you really have to deal with or whatever and just taking this sort of moral high road as the adult figure who is going through a divorce or is going through so many loans that are, their mental health struggles is justified. Um, which of course I do not want to dismiss adult mental health and the struggles that they face because it can definitely be de detrimental, but teenage mental health is just as important in my opinion. So dismissing teenage mental health, especially in such, again, a vulnerable time where everybody's just trying to learn and grow as a person and trying to figure out who they are, it's, it's so damaging and makes teenagers feel like they don't have a voice and that they don't deserve to be heard in general. And I know that <laughs> I just talked about like these harsh statistics that nobody, um, that everybody just throws in your face and walks away with, but I do want to give some statistics <laughs> and facts associated with students with mental health struggles because, you know, it's important to be educated, but it's also important to learn how to adjust knowing these statistics and learn how to improve your own mental health and improve the sort of mental health view in society. So again, here's some statistics and facts. Nationally, only 40% of students with emotional, behavioral, and mental health disorders graduate from high school compared to the national average of 67%. Whew, man. And mental health problems can affect a student's energy level, concentration, dependability, mental ability and optimism with which all hinders performance. Wow, that was a very hard sen sentence to say. Wow, sentences are very hard to say right now. <laughs> and depression is associated with lower grade point averages. And if you have both depression and anxiety, it can be very encumbering in general. So with that being said, mental health can definitely limit your ability to perform your best and mental health can definitely influence the way that you view high school in general. And it can make you develop this sort of cynicism that makes you think that high school is not important, that learning is not important, and even promote the idea of dropping out of high school, which of course sometimes with all the things that you have going out on outside of school dropping out can be a necessary thing and of course you can earn your GED I would definitely highly highly encourage you to 
um, get a GED if you are not able to finish high school but at the same time dropping out is a thing that exists and I'm not trying to shame anybody who does drop out but it's also important to be able to recognize that school systems play a role in schools or students dropping out I should say students should be able to try to improve the statistics by providing these mental health resources for students by making sure that students are doing okay adjusting for students accommodating for those with different needs and accommodating for those who are struggling especially those with learning disabilities or mental health um, diagnosed disorders or just again those with issues outside of school and beyond that actually I did not address so many other reasons why people might struggle in school and learning to adjust to that and again provide mental health resources is essential for human growth I should say and for human development and developing who you are as a person developing healthy coping mechanisms and strategies to improve your mental health and um, Again, schools often have a hard time providing mental health resources. I shouldn't even say schools have a hard time. Schools just don't provide enough mental health resources, even though, again, it's just the center of life. And if there are mental health resources, they are not very good, honestly. And there is a train that is honking its horn really loudly right now so i really hope you guys are not able to hear that but um i do want to say uh give a little tidbit an anecdote about my own experience with um, mental health services and resources that were provided so i went to this school in alabama absolutely hate that state but that's a different story sorry to those living in alabama um we basically had to attend a mental health seminar that happened once that year just once and i don't think it happened ever again and attending that seminar was the most horrifying thing because it was literally just throwing these statistics out there that scares everybody into being happy or scares students into thinking that struggling with mental health is such a scary thing and stigmatizing it even and not really giving proper tools for students to cope with their own negative emotions but instead just scaring them it was a horrible horrible thing um, while they are very valuable statistics it can also be very damaging if you just throw them out there and give no sort of uh, explanation as to why you're throwing these statistics out or giving no tools to help prevent these statistics. There were very negative statistics in regards to mental health, like the suicide rates. It was just such an unproductive thing. And again, just the fact that it happened one time that year and never was spoken about again. That school had almost zero mental health resources and just the one seminar was not going to do much for students especially when it did not provide many helpful resources or information that can that students can take and build into their own life to improve their own mental health so that being said the mental health resources provided is not very good oftentimes and even schools that lack mental health resources in general that's even worse and just to give a little statistics out here, many estimate as many as 80% of kids 
that do not receive the mental health care that they need. 80% is such a large number and that should never be the case. And I understand if you throw out crisis lines and sort of, uh, yeah, just crisis lines or organizations to do with mental health. Yeah, just putting them to a pamphlet and saying, here you go, is not going to do much, honestly. Like, I, I appreciate that people do provide crisis lines sometimes within schools, but that can also be a very scary thing for those who don't trust sort of outside resources or just don't trust the sort of experience as a whole. If you're actively giving, backing up these sort of numbers that they can call it, backing up the resources that they do provide, then it can allow students to feel more safe it can allow students to feel more comfortable with the idea. It can allow students to just be aware of the research that they do have and knowing that it's okay to reach out to these numbers instead of just throwing it out there like, yeah, you can call these, I guess. <laughs> um, or again, just having that lack of mental health resources is never okay, especially in a school environment where you can experience a lot of negative emotions with your fellow classmates or the uh, teachers or the officials, other sort of stressors that can occur at school. And it's such, again, such a big part of life that um, school, that being said, is such a big part of life that if somebody does not know how to cope with the stressors that are involved at school, it can make the whole experience unenjoyable and then meaningless. And that also, I do want to wrap up that little point with uh, the inaccessibility to counseling or therapy within our schools. And I feel like while it is important to seek a therapist, um, if you want to interact with one, I am pro-therapy, but you know, it's not for everybody. Um, it's important to seek out a therapist if you are willing to, but at the same time, I feel like schools should promote sort of organizations or therapists out there that can help them with their struggles and guide them to, to the right person, towards the right direction to get counseling or get emotional support and just mental health support in general. And I think that the most important thing would probably be to just have a behavioral therapist that specializes in teens mental health on campus, on the school grounds would be the most helpful thing. Even if you do have to pay a little bit, it should be free, honestly, it should be free because you know, mental health, everybody deals with that. It should be free, but even if you have to pay a little change, just <laughs> having that person on school grounds would be such a helpful thing. That should be a requirement, but I noticed that a lot of schools don't have that. Instead, they'll have your counselor, which doesn't even specialize in mental health, but more with graduation requirements, the sort of credits and keeping track of your school history and things like that. Having that person on campus is not enough. You should have somebody who specializes in mental health, 14 specifically on campus, which just to know that mental health is okay and that it is accessible within your immediate uh, range. I definitely noticed that within schools, they sort of prioritize catching students at their lowest and not at their rise. And what I mean by that, I've noticed that schools prioritize trigger warning suicide instead of 
noticing the sort of signs to somebody who is suicidal and noticing the signs that somebody is struggling and noticing the sort of rise to that high point instead of focusing mainly on the high point. My therapist actually talked about that. Usually when you're going through mental health breakdowns, there is a um, stable point where you're just normal and then there's just the little rise, 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 which um, can occur when you're experiencing a lot of challenges in life. Um, and then there is the peak where everything is just awful you're feeling disgusting and you're feeling so depressed that you feel like you can't come back down anymore instead of focusing on that peak where that person is already at their peak instead of focusing on that because it's very hard to come back down from when you're at your peak instead focus on the rise and notice the symptoms and notice how to prevent that person from reaching their peak that should be prioritized in schools because that can inherently help more than just trying to uh, help somebody at their peak, if that makes sense. Early detection and intervention strategies work. They can help improve resilience and the ability to succeed in school and life. And that can even help the students realize what are the sort of symptoms or signs to um, that they're having a breakdown or reaching their peak. That can help the students with their sort of ability to cope throughout life and that can also help the schools with their ability to help students have a good mental health in general and i do want to wrap this little segment up by saying there are certain programs that put students more at risk of distress and don't prioritize mental health at all which why would you have these sort of programs that induce more stress than the average student that and then not address mental health at all. That's basically setting them up for failure. They're causing students to have a less, less enjoyable time in school. And um, there have been multiple studies with different samples that have documented that AP slash IB high school students report significantly higher levels of stress than their peers in general education and it's usually associated with less life satisfaction, more frequent school absences, and lower grade. Grades. <laughs> Can I speak? No, but um, again, these programs like AP classes or IB classes, if you don't understand what AP or IB classes are, you should definitely research them. Uh, I know that AP classes are the opportunity to give students um, college credit which can again adduce more stress because they're, it's a very hard curriculum and it, there's so much more work that a school uh, a student has to do to achieve that sort of college credit level. Um, and I'm not really sure about the IB program, but if you do want to learn more about that, research it so you don't understand what I'm talking about. But they're basically these programs that induce so much more stress and can damage your mental health if you aren't coping with that stress normally. 71% uh, of the sample endorsed symptoms of school burnout on a measure that examined cynicism toward the meaning of school, sense of inadequacy in school, and feelings of exhaustion due to schoolwork. So again, just having these programs that put students at risk for more stress and more unsatisfaction when it comes to life or school in general, and not providing these resources is such a awful thing to do. 
I understand if the program is going to exist, which I have so many problems with the AP program in general. Uh, if you have these sort of programs, you should allow students the space to feel safe and comfortable and happy while taking these programs instead of having these effects. Um, negative effects, I should say. You should especially prioritize mental health in that situation is what I'm saying. But I will probably have a more in-depth episode about AP slash IB classes because I have a lot to say about that. And I'm sure um, I'm sure there are many AP students out there like myself that can relate to the sort of stress that Forever Blooming, or not Forever Blooming, whoa! the stress that AP programs induce and I know that there are other people that are just dying to listen to that um, so yeah you can probably look out for that in the future and with that being said I'm gonna close out this episode because my grammar and my language is just slowly decreasing as we go by <laughs> but thank you for being willing to listen to my mistakes <laughs> And thank you for listening to this episode, of course. So we're going to close out with a few remarks. So if you didn't know, Forever Blooming has a website, which is called bloompod.wixsite.com slash podcast. If you want to know more about us, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at Forever Bloom Pod, plus on TikTok at Forever Blooming Podcasts. The research and transcript for this episode is on the Forever Blooming website in our extra section. Our podcast guest form is in our episode section if you want to be on Forever Blooming, as well as our audience spotlight form where you can ask for advice to be featured in one of our episodes. Our email is <laughs> management at foreverbloompod.org. Let us know your thoughts, questions, and how we can improve the podcast because we love hearing from you. Be sure to check out our link tree in the description for more accessible links. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends if you enjoyed this episode. And please, 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 please have a great day, afternoon, or night whenever you're listening to this. Thanks for tuning in.